This episode of Dirty Linen is proudly supported by Mr. Yum. Powerful mobile menus, ordering and payments. For more information, go to mryum.com. It is Friday, and that means it is time for the occasional series on Dirty Linen called Friday on My Mind. A a little bit of a brain dump, a rundown of where I've been eating, what I've been enjoying, and what I've been thinking about, and it's all food-related. I have got a feature in Good Weekend magazine this weekend. It's the annual food issue, which is really exciting. I've got a story about food waste, a little bit of a, I don't know, a gnarly, very important topic, something that we're all implicated in. I was really shocked in researching this story just to realise how much food is wasted in Australia. Um, It's around a quarter of all the food that's produced never actually leaves the farm. Um, And then at every step in the supply chain, there is so much food that is wasted. Most of it's edible food. But uh, I guess it's one of those issues where you think, oh, we can blame the supply chain, we can blame the supermarkets, Uh, we can blame, I don't know, we can blame anyone except ourselves, but actually the biggest culprits are people in their own homes. Um, So, yeah, that really made me, um, well, I suppose I'm always trying to reduce waste, but it's made me think even harder about it. And one of the ways that I've been doing that is when I'm making chicken soup, which I love to do as we uh, embark upon winter, those chilly months. One of the things I've been doing with my chicken soup is, uh, well, I've been boiling up the carcass again after I make the soup with the with chicken bones and getting a second chicken stock out of it, which is also really good. And then I've been blitzing up the carcass and um, serving it to my dog. So please don't take this as veterinary advice. It might not be suitable for your pets, but... Uh, Peppy absolutely loves it mixed in with her other food and it means that there is absolutely nothing going into the bin. It's not actually in my story but the absolute worst food to put in the bin is meat just in terms of the um, carbon emissions. So yeah, if there's anything you can do to not waste meat, that would be excellent for our world. Um, Speaking about, I guess, you know, climate change and climate climate impacts. Uh, I'm definitely a bit more hopeful about Australia, given that we've had a change of government since I last did one of these Friday podcasts. Uh, It's great to see some, um, yeah, real, uh, I guess, climate-focused independence and greens in parliament. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, more concerted action on that front. I think um, Tanya Plibersek, who's the Labor Minister responsible for looking at climate change and water, is um, she's senior. So I think it hopefully shows that there's going to be a really great focus on those issues in this in this parliament. Um, but I think, you know, thinking not about who's in government but thinking about the National Party and the fact that they've previously been so focused on, I guess, uh, not taking climate change seriously. It sort of made me think, you know, the farmer that we had on the producers this week, and Coot, is a cattle farmer doing, you know, something pretty mainstream like farming beef cattle, which, you know, some are for export, some are for domestic consumption, some go from her grazing farm onto a feedlot. So it's pretty 
pretty sort of mainstream, even though it's small. But her, she is not unusual in that she is really obsessed with and engaged with the carbon cycle, with it reducing emissions, with improving soil, with, um, you know, farm, she sees herself as farming dung beetles and, and microbes and pasture as much as she's farming cattle. I think it's too simple and incorrect in so many cases to lump um, people who work on the land in with uh conservatives uh farmers are so impacted by climate change and they are often you know the most advanced thinkers in terms of you know how to deal with it how to mitigate the impacts and uh yeah how to i guess create positive change and you know farmers are feeding us they are the most important people. So I hope that the new National Party leadership um, under David Littleproud will be um, just getting with the program because, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all on this planet together. Uh, where I've been eating recently, I've, oh, my goodness, it's eating season. I'm out there reviewing for the Good Food Guide. I'm re- filling in for Besha Rodell on Good Weekend for a month and I'm also doing my Sunday Age column. So <laughs> I'm really a, I'm really eating. It's um, it's a lucky, it's um, my favourite sport. Some, I've had some great meals recently uh, at Orterra and its sister restaurant Amaru. So both of those places in Armadale. Orterra is the wine bar little sister to Amaru, which is a fine dining restaurant. Um, Clinton McIver is the owner and, um, yes, yeah, oversees everything at those two businesses. Quite different one from another, but I think, uh, similar in that the food is really contemporary, very produce focused. There's a lot of dish, ingredients that are used in different ways across different dishes to reduce waste and to make the most of of produce um, both from a from a cost sense but also from a flavor sense like a real real creative um, intention to the way that ingredients are used and the way that produce is used in season but also preserved or fermented um, so that it can be used across the seasons as well yeah, it's really, really interesting. It really made me reflect on the development of fine dining where I think, you know, in decades past there were a lot more sharp turns in tasting menus, if you know what I mean. You know, the ingredients would, wouldn't be repeated. There would, it would always be, you know, the shock of the new as course as courses progressed and I think now there is a lot more sort of interweaving of ingredients I suppose sweet and savory there's less demarcation there often would see fruits in savory dishes and vegetables in uh in sweet dishes and the yeah the contrast between savory and sweet is not as marked so it's something I'm mulling over um I should actually be writing that review instead of recording this podcast but perhaps this is helping me Um, One thing that I love about eating out in Australia and in Melbourne where I live is that food can get incredibly specific. And a place that I ate at recently, which I absolutely loved, is Dale La Pau. It is a Minang restaurant, so serving food from West Sumatra, very specific. Um, And even more specifically, they specialise in rendang, which is 
a specialty of that part of the world. It's a really different kind of rendang from the Malaysian or Singaporean rendangs that um, I think I've been more familiar with. Those ones are much sort of wetter and less cooked out, uh, even though they are cooked for hours. But the this um, West Sumatran style, it is really dark and dry, like cooked and cooked and cooked and cooked till it's almost black. Um, and, yes, yeah, the flavours are so intense. It's absolutely delicious. Uh, and just, yeah, it's just a real privilege to be able to learn more about a different culture, something that I haven't been very familiar with from a, a restaurant that's just really expressing itself. I just love it. I also had a great meal recently at Rizzo, which is a vegetarian restaurant in, in Fitzroy. Uh, we spoke to Paolo Arlotta, the chef and owner on Dirty Linen, like way back in the day in um, I think in the second lockdown, we chatted to him not long after he'd opened the restaurant. He's a chef that's had a lot of experience in fine dining restaurants uh, and also in cafes. Um, and that is a restaurant that's definitely thinking a lot about its impact on the environment. So I guess partly just by um, steering away from meat, they're doing that. But any sort of climate impacts that they do have, for example, through importing rice from Paolo's part of Italy, which they use in beautiful risottos, they um, yeah calculate the climate impacts and plant trees um, to mitigate those. So just very thoughtful, um, low-waste restaurant. And actually we'll be speaking to Sandra, uh, the chef at Rizzo, who works with Paolo on the podcast next week. So look out for that. She is a gun and also makes chili sauce, which chili oil, which is one of my many food obsessions. Uh, also a shout out to Karkom Ban Mi Bar, the Ban Mi Bar um, offshoot of anchovy restaurant uh, in Richmond, really love what they do with banh mi and I did a recent column where I themed it around sandwiches and kakom was my feature review. I think often you know when we think about well when people food writers high guilty um, write about sandwiches um, banh mi perhaps isn't included and I was chatting to um, JYNT who own the restaurant just about the real um marginalization of um, banh mi in food culture and the fact that um, they're often seen as a cheap food or that they should be cheap. And there's been articles recently talking about the banh mi price index. You know, when a banh mi goes up 50 cents, it's a sign of quote unquote gentrification. And I don't know, it's a really, it's a really complex space, I suppose, to dig into. Um, but basically thoughts around which sh which foods should be cheaper um, and which foods are allowed to be more expensive is really embedded in, um, in I guess, racial stereotypes and it's important to notice that and to unpick it and to, uh, and to I suppose, be uh, comfortable with the idea that any food that is prepared um, with thought and with care and with everybody along at a, every part of the supply chain being properly paid um, and looked after, uh, including yeah the the environmental impacts of that because everything is connected, uh, is uh, yeah we have to be comfortable with paying more for food so that everybody can be properly paid. Food shouldn't be cheap 
which isn't to say it should be expensive, just needs to be, um, yeah, just needs to be thoughtful and properly priced and people need to be okay with that. So anyway, apart from all that, it's bloody amazing banh mi um, cooked over charcoal and, uh, yeah, it's my favourite sandwich of the moment. So that is what is on my mind this Friday and now I better get to work, write my review. (laughs) I'll check you next week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Linen. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.